Go with me please to Romans the first chapter. Romans chapter 1. Last time I was uh, with you we were talking about this series called Living by Faith. Anybody interested in some more of this? Living by Faith? I assure you, you want to know more about living by faith. Romans chapter 1 has been our our text. Romans chapter 1, and let's begin about verse 15. He said, as much as in me is, I am ready to preach the gospel to you that are at Rome also. 16, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Many in the world consider preaching to be absolute waste of time. They think it's just religion is a crutch for uneducated, weak people. That if you were smart enough, you'd get rid of all that junk. But uh, they're just wrong. (laughs) I said they're just wrong. Because the Bible says, and the Bible's right, it's the fool that says in his heart, there is no God. And what a fool you'd be if God is real, and he exists, and he made you, and gives you your every breath holds your eternal future in his hand and for you to go your entire life and act like he doesn't even exist, that's a fool. Isn't it? That is a fool. Aren't you thankful that you're not a fool sitting at home somewhere claiming to be an atheist? (laughs) Thinking you're so smart when you are so pitifully ignorant. You know, it's one thing to be dumb. But it's another to be so dumb, you think you're smart. That's just sad dumb. (laughs) And not to say we know everything, but we do know this. God is real. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He's real. We believe in him. We trust him. Jesus is the only way. Our Savior. Our Lord, are you thankful for it, saints? Because you could be oblivious to this. You could be confused and messed up. But just the fact that you're uh, watching or listening tonight or you're in one of these buildings indicates you're not a fool. Anybody happy about not being a fool? Look at your neighbor. See if they look happy about not being a fool. It's good to not be a fool. Yay. I'm not a fool. (laughs) Keep reading. Verse 17 said, For therein, in the gospel, the good news about Jesus, is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. The Amplified puts it like this. In the gospel... A righteousness which God ascribes is revealed, both springing from faith and leading to faith. As it is written, the man who through faith is just and upright shall live and shall live by faith. Notice he didn't say we'll perish by faith. That's 
We'd be destroyed by faith. But what? We live. We live by faith. Now this phrase, the just shall live by faith, is found in at least four or five other places in the scripture that I can think of right now. It's, uh, I wrote some of them down as well. Habakkuk 2 verse 4 says the just shall live by faith. Galatians 3 11 says the just shall live by faith. Uh, Hebrews 10.38 says the same thing. The just shall live by faith. I mean you'd get the idea this is important. Keeps reminding us. Keeps telling us. Telling us what? Those made right by the sacrifice of Jesus shall live and this is not perish but live but then this is how we live. How do we live? Don't let this escape us. This is how you are to order your manner of life. This is how we are to wake up in the morning, make it through the day, lay down at night. We walk by faith and we live by faith. And it is the only way to do it successfully, victoriously. It is the only way to do it in a manner that pleases God and is acceptable to him. And if that's true, then it's no wonder that the enemy targets this. To try to rob us of our faith and confuse us and mislead us, deceive us. You've got to make up your mind. I'm a faith man. I'm a faith woman. Whatever you are, you're going to live by faith. You're going to operate by faith. You're going to function by faith. And no matter what happens... You don't have to try to figure out how do I respond to this? What do I do about this? Tell me what you're going to do. We're going to respond in faith. What are we going to do? We're not going to just fall apart. We're going to trust God. What are we going to do about this? See, people, when, when things hit, crisis occur, tragedies happen, whatever happens, needs hit, people are caught off guard. And they just many times fall apart. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? What are we going to do? We should never ask ourselves, what are we going to do? We know what we're going to do. We're going to trust God. We're going to trust God. He's going to show us what to do. He's going to hold our hand all the way through this. Is that right? We're never going to let go. We're never going to despair. We're not going to be hopeless because we're not helpless. We're not alone. He's with us. And if he's with us, who can be against us? God's for us. He's with us. He's in us. Hallelujah. He's our victory. But we must trust. We must trust him. We must give him that part of the equation. He's the answer. He's the strength. He's the wisdom. He's the help. But that's not the only component. There's another component he must receive from us. That is our faith. The just shall live by faith. Everybody said out loud. The just shall live by faith. 1 John 5 and 4 talks about this. 
First John 5 and 4 says, For whatsoever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory. In other words, this is how you do it. This is the victory that overcomes the world. Even our faith. You have something in you from God that makes you an overcomer. You, you can yield to your flesh and ignore it, but if you won't, if you'll let what's inside you be fed and become strong and rise up and dominate your thinking and guide your life, you will stop being a whiny baby. You'll stop being a feel sorry for me, pitiful powder. You'll quit being a cry baby and always talking about I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't. Because you never find in here where it says you can't. You will find where it says you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you and all things are possible to him or her that believes. When you choose to believe, you become an overcomer. You become an overcomer. Thanks be unto God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Thanks be unto God who always causes us to triumph. Does that sound like you overcome? Yes. You overcome. So something hits your life that you weren't expecting, don't know what to deal with, you do know what to do. You're going to do the same thing you've done the last thousand times. That something came up. It was an issue in your life. What are we going to do? We're going to trust God. We're going to walk through this thing. And every step we're going to take, we're going to do it by faith by trust. Somebody say, I'm an overcomer. I'm, overcomer. I'm more than a conqueror. Than a conqueror. Through him. Through him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> Turn with me. You got your Bible? You ready? Turn with me over to Luke, the 18th chapter. We've covered a number of things in this series already. If you haven't been with us, let me encourage you. To take advantage of the previous parts. You can go online, download all of it. It won't cost you anything. Uh, you can get a hard copy in, in the church, a CD or DVD. And uh, saints that have been here, would it be worth their time to listen to it, to, to feed on it? I believe it will. I'm confident that it will be worth more to you than most of the shows you would watch on TV. So maybe drop one of them and just watch this instead and uh, get built up. You know, you can tell the spiritual content of a thing by the after test. What's after test? How do you feel after you get through watching it or reading it or going there and being a part of it? Do you feel more built up? Do you feel edified? Do you feel more excited about the things of God? Do you feel closer to the Lord? Or do you feel tired and like maybe you need a shower? 
You know what I'm talking about? The after test. (laughs) And that's just a side thought there. Luke 18, are you there? Luke 18, and about verse 8, Luke 18, 8, I just want you to notice a specific phrase here. The last part of this verse says, Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, shall he find faith on the earth? When the Son of Man comes, shall he find what? Faith. On the earth. Why would this be said? Is faith common or rare? This is a truth we need to get understanding on. A lot of folks have the idea that we all have faith. Everybody believes. And uh, people talk about, well, what's your faith? And they tell them what denomination they are. Or what religion they are. Well we all have faith. But that's not what the scripture teaches. What we should do is qualify. Someone says well what about Romans 12. Says God has dealt to every man. The measure of faith. The Young's literal translation. That's Romans 12.3. It says to each God did deal. A measure of faith. To each God did deal a measure of faith. So we'll see there, everybody has faith. No, everybody had the opportunity to have faith. Everybody had the ability to have faith. And then if you have fed that faith and used that faith, then whatever measure of faith you have now, it's been by the grace of God. But you, we, we have to read other scriptures. 2 Thessalonians 3.2, if you put that up on the screen. 2 Thessalonians 3.2 says, Pray that we may be delivered from unreasonable and wicked men, for all men have not faith. Or the NIV says, not everyone has faith. How do you deal with those two scriptures? God's dealt to everyone a measure of faith. Not everyone has faith. It's not complicated. You remember Jesus told the uh, the story, what we call the parable of the talents. And uh, two of the individuals took what the Lord gave them and used it and it grew and become more. Remember that? But one guy, what did he do? He didn't use it at all. He buried it. If you bury something... What difference is it going to make in your life? Are you using it at all? So it's, it's absolutely possible that God could give you something, but you don't use it. And if you don't use it, then you don't have it. I mean, it's available to you, but it's certainly not developed or producing anything in your life. And so uh, we don't want to have this idea that everybody around us is full of faith and has strong faith. That's contrary to what we see throughout the gospel accounts and what Jesus dealt with everywhere he went. What was the struggle, if you will, that Jesus was involved with, with the people he interacted with as he walked down here on the earth? 
What again and again was he talking to them about? Faith and the lack of it. Not once, not twice, not five times, not ten times. I mean place after place after place. Well, he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Human beings are the same. Why would we think things have changed? Why would we think, well, we go to church. We've heard some good messages. All of us are full of faith. It'd be nice if it was true. But it's just not reality. Pausing for effect. (laughs) And the one reason we need to talk about it is because people are believing wrong things. And they are assuming wrong things. And leaving faith. And attributing failures to God that have nothing to do with God. I mean, have you, have you heard anybody say, you know, well, I, I tried that faith stuff. I prayed, I believed, I confessed and confessed and confessed, and it didn't work. There's been a b- bunch of folks. And so what is their conclusion? Well, maybe it wasn't God's will. Or that faith stuff doesn't work. Or it doesn't work for everybody. And here's the big thing people are missing. That's assuming you actually were in faith. Come on, can you see this? And that is where thousands are missing the mark. They're saying, I believed and didn't work, and it's just not true. They weren't in faith. They called it faith, but they were not in faith. Faith in God is real and is powerful. And it works every time, every time for everybody who does it. No exceptions. But there's a whole lot of stuff people are calling faith. And to those who don't know about faith, to them it sounds and looks like it is. And they didn't see results. So they decide, well, it must not be the will of God or Maybe it wasn't, it just, we don't know why, but it wasn't because of his mysterious ways. It wasn't his will for me to have it this way. Or that faith stuff, the way that it's been taught is just, that's not right. Anything except I came short. And that's a problem because you know who gets the help? Who gets the grace? The humble. The humble are the only ones that get the help. And we've got to quit being prideful and trying to blame everybody else except us. Trying to blame other folks. I've had people look at me, well, it's not my faith. I got the strongest faith you ever saw. (laughs) Really? Really? I've had people talk to me like this before. I have faith. You can't tell me I don't have faith. And then they go year after year after year, getting worse and worse, and no results. Yep. Something's wrong. I said, something's wrong. Talking about the first part of this, just don't assume faith can't be the problem. Because I'm something of a faith whiz. 
this faith thing I've got. Just that attitude tells people who know about faith, honey, you don't. Otherwise, you wouldn't even think that way. You wouldn't even talk that way. <clears throat> but we're all excited now, aren't we? <laughs> Is it true that not everyone has faith? I read your scriptures. Is it, why, why would he say, when the Son of Man comes, shall he find faith in the earth. What does that tell you? It's rare. And it's precious. It's rare. And it's precious. Listen to other scriptures. First Peter 1 and 7 said faith is much more precious than of gold. Second Peter 1 1 again calls faith precious. It's precious. And it's a treasure to God. Faith pleases God. We see it demonstrated when Jesus was in the earth. And you don't see him ooh and on over stuff. Do you? But you do see him saying, ah, I hadn't seen faith like this. Is that right? Throughout the whole nation. And you know who's hearing this? All the religious leaders. His own 12 disciples. Is that right? And he's saying boys. Now this is what I'm talking about. <laughs> this. Is faith. He didn't say. Y'all all got faith. You know. That's not the problem. We don't even need to talk about that. We're going to talk about these other things. No. Everywhere he went. Every situation just about that came up. You won't read many verses. Until you'll find something about. Faith. Let's remind ourselves. Let's remind ourselves. Go with me, or you can just listen. We'll just read them. But in the gospel accounts, I want to remind you of some things that Jesus said. Matthew 8. Matthew 8 26, what does he say to his disciples? Why? Are you so fearful? O ye of little faith. Does that mean they're doing real good in faith? No. Now who's he talking to? People who hear him preach and teach every day. Is that right? And what's he saying they're having trouble with? Faith. Their faith is weak. Their faith is small. <laughs> it's quiet around here. But we're reading scriptures, aren't we? Matthew 14. That wasn't the last time it happened. This is a similar situation. He said to them, Why are you. This is Matthew 14:30, excuse me. Matthew 14:30. When he saw, Peter saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid. How you doing when you're really afraid? How's your faith? Not so good. Because if you were full of faith, you wouldn't be afraid. Right? (laughs) He was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him and said to him, Peter, you the man. (laughs) You and me 
Only ones ever walked on the water. And I know you didn't make it far, but man, good job. No. 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 What does he say? Peter. Little faith, man. Why did you doubt? Why did you doubt? When the Lord asks you a question, he expects an answer. He expects a response. What would be the correct answer to this? Because it's against the laws of nature to walk on the water. Because there's this big storm in the wind. You can't walk on the water when it's perfectly calm. What's that got to do with anything? Why did you doubt? We've all been here. Haven't we? But what we're talking about tonight, don't assume I've got all this faith. And faith can't be the problem. Because, man, I've been listening to sermons for years. They had listened to sermons, too. Is that right? (laughs) Oh, thou of little faith. Why'd you doubt? Matthew 16, 8. We're just looking in one book right now. Matthew 16 and 8. When Jesus perceived, he said to them, what? O ye of little faith. Now in these cases, he didn't say they didn't have any. He just said it wasn't much. (laughs) Little. Why reason ye among yourselves? Because you brought no bread. Because they were kind of panicking over, we didn't bring any bread. We didn't bring any bread. See, if you have faith, you don't do that. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? If if you're in faith, you don't talk that way. I don't know what to do. Who's going to help us? Where are we going to get it? I don't know. I don't know. Do you know? No. Oh, Jesus is upset. We didn't bring any bread. Oh, man. No bread. Dummy, dummy, dummy. And Jesus didn't look at him and go, you should have brought some bread. What did he say? Faith is not of the head. You don't get faith just by association. You don't get faith by academics. Just by learning. Faith is not of the head. Romans 10 says, for with the heart man believes. And it's a choice. A choice to trust. And when you choose to trust, you relax. I said you relax. When you're all nervous and you're scared and you're afraid and you're frantic. As far as God's concerned, your problem is not bread. It ain't money. It's not symptoms. What's he looking at? He's looking at your heart. What's the problem as far as he's concerned? Lack of faith. Lack of faith. Why? Because even though we don't want to acknowledge it, it all boils down to a failure to trust him. Because if we were trusting him, when we heard you got to have $100,000 by the end of next week and you don't have a clue where you're going to get it, you'd go, well, that didn't surprise God now, did it? 
And you'd say, Lord, I, I don't know, but you do. And this didn't catch you off guard. And you've always met my needs. And you always will. This is no big thing to you. Trust. But if the trust, if the faith is not there, you're going to start crying. You're going to start losing sleep. You're going to start pacing the floor. You're going to start bothering other people. Can you see this? And yet you you say, well, I I, I have a lot of faith. Uh, You're not acting like it. (laughs) What you're doing is not faith. Matthew 13, 58. Matthew 13, 58. In his own hometown. Everybody likes to do good in their own hometown. But in Jesus' own hometown, he did not many mighty works there because of why? Because of the pervasive unbelief in the whole town. It was just full of unbelief. Wonder if towns have changed that much today. Man, there's all kind of places today. You just say the word God and they look at you sideways. Right? Oh, you're one of them. <laughs> Honey, you need to be. You desperately need to be one of them. So what kind of faith is in a town in an area where a lot of folk don't even want to hear the word God? It's no great mystery why there's not more miracles and more things happening. It's plain old garden variety, (laughs) doubt, and unbelief. It's not a mystery. It's just unbelief. Oh, but there's a cure. I said there's a cure for unbelief. You can be full of unbelief. And turn around in a short amount of time, get full of faith. You can. Anybody interested? Mark 440. Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? What did he say to him? This is worse than you got a little. You got what? No faith. (laughs) None. We got through reading about uh, in his own hometown, Mark's account of his own hometown says he could there do no mighty work. Didn't say he decided not to, said he couldn't. What stopped the ministry of Jesus in his own hometown? Unbelief. No faith. And the Bible said, verse 6, he marveled because of their unbelief. 6-6. And he went around the villages teaching, and there we see the cure for it. Faith comes by hearing, doesn't it? Mark 9, 22. Mark 9, 22 is the story of the man that had the lunatic son, as they called him. And he comes to Jesus and says, if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. And what's Jesus' response? If you can believe, all things are possible to him that believes. He's trying. And the reason I point this out. Is because many Christian people. Are doing the same thing today. They're trying to act like it's up to the Lord. It's just up to the Lord. We don't know why he won't do it. We've prayed and begged and fasted. And they're acting like it's up to him. It's up to him. And he said no. It's not what I can do. If you can believe. All things are possible. To him that believes. 
Are you a believer? How many believers do I have in here? Let me see. Let me see. Upraised hand. Matthew 17 talking about this same. In fact, put that up on the screen. Matthew 17, 16. This is the answer now. Jesus' disciples. If anybody on the earth at that time should have faith. It should be them. Is that right? Faith comes by hearing. Have they heard? They're hearing every day. They're in the physical presence of the master. They're hearing him when he teaches and preaches and ministers publicly. And they're also hearing him at the dinner table. And just traveling from place to place. He's talking to them about things. Are they hearing anointed word? Are they hearing revelation of truth? That's how you get faith. And yet at juncture after juncture. Their faith was lacking. Wasn't it? Even though they had heard. Faith is not automatic. It's not just because you're around a lot of good teaching and preaching. Just because you're around people who do have faith. Does not mean you automatically get strong in faith. Just because your parents have strong faith. Don't mean you automatically have strong faith. Just because it's not just by osmosis. Now it's good to hang around faith people. Don't don't misunderstand me. But you have to let it in, and you have to choose to believe. Which means you got to choose to resist fear, and you got to choose to resist doubt and worry and anxiety. It is a choice, and it's a choice of the heart, not the head. Oh, you'll be tempted. All of us will be tempted to fear, tempted to worry, tempted to question and reason and doubt. All of us have been, and as long as you're down here in this world, you're subject to it. So every day is a new day. And every day as things unfold and issues come up, you have a choice. And I have a choice. Are we going to fear? Are we going to have faith? Are we going to doubt? Question? Are we going to believe? And trust? You could have done wonderfully for the last 10 years and get up tomorrow and blow it. And just act a baby and cry and feel sorry for yourself. Any one of us, any day, any time, any situation, you can make the wrong choice. But on the other hand, you could have been a sad case for the last 20 years. And tonight decide, I'm done with that. I'm stop. I choose to trust God. I choose to believe God. And I like saying, like Paul said, no matter all these things that happened in his life, and he said, none of these things move me. You can't control everything that's happening around you or outside of you, but you can control by the help of the Lord everything that's happening inside of you. You never have to just freak out. You never have to just get hopeless and give up and quit. You never have to feel sorry for yourself. I don't care what happened. You can choose. You can choose to have faith. And oh, faith puts a twinkle in your eye. Faith puts a spring in your step. Faith puts a song in your heart. Hallelujah. And a shout on your lips. 
Because it doesn't matter what you're seeing and feeling. That doesn't control your faith. My faith's in the person who told me the words. My faith's in the person whose spirit lives inside me. Who communes with me day and night. I trust him. I'm going to make it. Somebody said out loud, I'm going to make it. I got, I got a revelation decades ago about myself. I remember distinctly where, where it happened. I, I was thinking, man, there's so much I don't know. And, and, it, uh, and I'm, you know, I'm a human. I've made so many mistakes. And, and, and boy, there's so, I began to see there was a lot to do in ministry. There was a lot of things to believe for and a lot of things to, to accomplish before I get out of here. Or, and Phyllis gets out of here before he, the master comes, whichever one happens first. And I was feeling a little bit challenged by it. And um, the Lord gave me uh, an increased revelation of how much he loves me. And it fixed it all. I said it fixed it all. He opened my eyes and he helped me to realize. And I just just laid on the floor and wept tears of joy. And I shouted and I said, I'm going to make it. I'm going to make it. What do you mean you're going to make it? If I fall down a hundred times, God loves me. He's going to pick me up. Is that right? A hundred times. If I'm not getting it, he'll crank up the volume. If I'm still not getting it, he'll send people by me and say, hey, Keith. Right? He loves me so much. If I will just be willing to listen and follow him, I'm going to make it. How about you? How about you? Now, you know what that is? That's faith. Why do I think I'm going to make it? Why? What am I, I'm not going by something in the natural. I'm not going by how smart I am or, or my amazing connections. or No. Why am I confident I'm going to make it? I know in whom I have believed. And I'm persuaded that he's able to keep. What I've committed to him, and I've committed it all to him. I'm his, my life, Phyllis and I, the churches, the ministry, everything. We're his, we're his, we're his, and he's able to make us stand. He's able to keep us in the palm of his hand. I'm going to make it. How about you? How about you? I'm going to make it. That simple and yet strong faith. Just that simple phrase. Come on, can you see this? Because of that, I don't lose sleep at night. I never fret and go, oh man, I hope I miss hell. Hope I don't go to hell. Y'all pray for me. I'm not concerned about going to hell. I'm confident I'm going to make it. What What if something bad happens to the churches? You know, what if everybody quits coming? What if everybody quits giving? What if this? What if that? Everything goes belly up. What if? What if? What if? I don't live by that. You might as well say, what if God leaves you? What if he forsakes you? What if he stops taking care of you? Never gonna happen. He said, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. I will not, I will not, I will not, the Amplified says. I'm going to make it. And if you're part of the bunch around here, you just best get ready. You're going to make it too. This is a package deal. We're going to make it together. Is that right? 
We're going to make it together. In him. With him. All the way. Is somebody receiving this besides me? I, Phyllis, you need to say me, me, and me. We are going to run our race. Our entire race. We're going to finish our course with joy. Hallelujah. I'm going to reach out my chest and hit the finish line. Hallelujah. And I'm going to stand in front of the great throne. Hallelujah. And I'm going to hear the master call my name. He's going to say, Keith. Boy. The Bible said that he would, if we would confess him down here, he will confess us in front of the father and the angels. So let me say it again. I confess Jesus. He is my Lord. I don't care who sees and knows. He's my Lord and my Savior. And one of these days, I'm going to stand in front of that throne and he's going to say, Keith Moore is mine. He's my child. He's my man. Hallelujah. He's my servant. And he's going to look at me and say, Keith, you've been faithful in a few things, buddy. Well done. I'm going to make you ruler over much. I'm going to make it. Come on, how about you? Come on, somebody say, I'm going to make it. I'm going to make it. I'm going to make it. All the way. Now what you just said, if you mean it in your heart, that's faith. That's faith. And it's strong faith. And it's all the Lord needs to get you through. Just don't back off of it. Don't lose it. Don't change it. Hallelujah. Thanks be to God. Are you there in, uh, where are you? Matthew 17? Let's answer this question again. We've said it, but let's answer it again. This is a question many are asking. These disciples had been called, authorized, empowered and sent out to minister to people. They had been seeing people delivered of demonic oppression and bondage. They'd been seeing people get healed and amazing miracles. And this man brought his son to them. Well, why would he bring his son to them? He's heard about all these other things that happened. And they prayed and nothing happened. They prayed. I'm talking about the disciples. I'm talking about Peter, right? Matthew. These guys, and they've been seeing wonderful results, but they prayed for him, and nothing, absolutely nothing happened. Jesus comes down from the Mount of Transfiguration. There's a big crowd there. And this man comes to him and says, I brought my son to your disciples, and they could not cure him. They couldn't help him. And what did Jesus say? Well, I'm glad you caught me before I left town because I'm the only one that can do things like this. People have turned it into that. What did he say? Oh, faithless and perverse means twisted, messed up generation. What's the problem down here? 
What's the problem in this group? Faithless. He's not just talking about the crowd. (laughs) He's talking about his boys too. There's no question about it. Very next verse says so. Oh, faithless and perverse bunch. How long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you or put up with you? Bring him here to me. Does that sound like faith? (laughs) Oh, boy. Is Jesus struggling with whether something can be done for this boy? Bring him here. (laughs) And after he was delivered, verse 19, the disciples came to Jesus on the side. Apart, And they said, why couldn't we do that? Because they had been doing it. And verse 20, Jesus said, don't let this bother you. This big boy ministry here. This is uh, only, you know. I'll let y'all do a few little things, but this, I had to do this. No, 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 no. What did he say? Because of what? Because of your unbelief. Why didn't they get results? Now see, that's not enough for many, many people. Especially people in the so-called faith circles, word circles, charismatic circles. Many have asked the same question. Why didn't it work? We prayed. We fasted. We made confessions. Why didn't it work? And if you even mention about lack of faith. Oh, 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 oh. We have faith. We know about faith. We've been hearing faith messages for 20 years. They had heard faith messages too. Yep. That's right. From Jesus himself. <laughs> day after day, month after month. And had even been getting results with their faith in their same areas. Just yesterday or last week. And yet, what's their problem, friend? What's their problem? Unbelief. It's no mystery. People are scratching their heads going, I don't understand why that didn't work. Here's the first place to check. Unbelief. And you got to be willing to admit, be honest, that you just came short in your faith. It's not too hard to identify. Were you freaking out? Did you get scared? Were you worried? Were you frustrated? Were you upset? All these are indications you were not in faith. You ever been there? Me too. But let's be honest with ourselves. And don't try to blame God and say it wasn't his will. And don't try to say faith doesn't work. Faith works. When you're in faith. He said it's because of your unbelief. For verily I say to you, if you had faith as a grain of mustard seed. You say to this mountain, remove hence to yonder place. It'll remove and nothing will be impossible to you. The problem is feeding on too much junk and not living close enough to God. Come on, you understand what I'm saying? For, now, I'm not saying there's no benefit in watching the news. But are you going to get faith from watching the news? <laughs> what could you get? Fear. If you're full of fear, are you in faith? No, you're not. And from a lot of people that you would talk to, including some of your own family members. And all they want to do is talk about the problems and how bad it is. Will you get faith from being around them and hearing them talk and converse? No. In fact, you you get too much into that, you can lose some faith that you had. 
Why did he say when the Son of Man comes, shall he find faith in the earth? Because it is not everywhere in the earth. What you will find everywhere in the earth is darkness and fear and confusion and deception. And when you do find some faith, it's a bright light in a dark world. It's a beacon, hallelujah, of hope and confidence in an otherwise negative, negative, dark world. But even though we're in the world and we're living down here, we don't have to think like that or believe like that or talk like that or act like that. The just shall live by faith. Come on, somebody say, I live by faith. I live I live by faith. I walk by faith. Go with me to the book of John, 20th chapter. John 20 and 24. Here Jesus has gone to the cross. And after the three days and nights, he's been raised from the dead. And by this time, all of his disciples were with him some, what, 36, 40 months? They lived with him, ate with him, traveled with him, was in, I guess, almost all the services. And then many had ministry all the time. Miracles, they saw them, didn't they? Oh, man. Walking on the water. Dead raised to life? Water turned into wine? I mean, have they seen some stuff? Have they heard? I mean, we we have a very small portion, very small, of what they heard. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John is just a tiny sliver. Because John says, if everything that Jesus taught and preached was written down, he said the world itself wouldn't hold the books. So what did they see? What did they hear? And yet, when Jesus went to the cross and they took his lifeless body and put it in a tomb, and these guys saw it, what's their response? When he's raised from the dead, Thomas, one of the twelve called Didymus, was not with them. When some of the others saw Jesus raised from the dead, so what does he say? They said, we've seen the Lord. He said, except I see in his hands the print of the nails and put my finger into the print of the nails and thrust my hand into his side, I will not believe. Who is this? A disciple. Now, you know, I don't think it's fair to call him Doubting Thomas. Just like you've never had a a moment. Huh? So when you see him, and you will... When you get to glory, don't go, there's Doubting Thomas. That's impolite. (laughs) No. One of the twelve apostles of the Lamb, his name is engraved in the foundation of the holy city. Show some respect. Right? But he's having a moment. Isn't he? He's having a lapse. Is this faith? Now we need to get light here. What did he say? I will not. 
believe. Could he have believed? Sure he could have. You ever heard somebody say, I can't, I just can't believe that. I, I, I'm sorry, I cannot believe that. That's a lie. That's not true. You can believe anything you choose to believe. What you should say is, I choose not to, I won't believe it. I will not. Will is a choice of your will. I will not believe. Should Thomas have had faith? Has he got a lot of reasons to have faith? But on this day, what does he do? He chooses not to believe. And he's stubborn about it. I'm not going to do it. I will not believe. I'm going to have to see his hand. I'm going to have to put my finger in the hole where that nail was. I'm going to have to put my hand in his side where that spear went. I mean, you talk about refusing to walk by faith and demanding we're going to walk by sight. I'm going to have to see this. I'm going to have to feel this. That is zero faith. And yet, he's a disciple of the Lord. Keep reading. After eight days again, his disciples were within and Thomas was with them. Then came Jesus, the doors being shut and stood in the midst. He didn't even need to open the door. And he said, peace be unto you. You reckon that bless you when he said that over you. Then he says to Thomas, (laughs) reach your finger over here and put it on my hand. How many know Jesus hears you? Does he hear, even though you don't see him in the room? Huh? Did he, did he hear what you, what you say? He heard him. He said, take your hand and put it in my side. Come on. And don't be faithless, but believing. Does he have to talk to his guys that lived with him night and day for three and a half years or whatever and say, quit this doubting? What's changed from then till now? How much has human nature changed? Human beings, the flesh. Has the world got any better? No. No. And we have the advantage of the Holy Spirit living inside of us. Is that right? 24-7. And his anointing being on us to be a witness. And the authority of the name of Jesus. But we still got a mind of our own. And a will of our own. And if we want to be stubborn. And not believe. Or if we want to fear or doubt or worry. We can. And then things won't happen. And it won't be because it wasn't God's will. And it won't be because faith doesn't work. It'll be because we. On that day. In that situation. Did not believe chose not to believe. He said, don't be faithless, but believing. And uh, Thomas answered and said, my Lord and my God. Jesus said, Thomas, because you've seen me, you've believed. Blessed are they that have not seen and yet believed. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Many other signs truly did Jesus in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book, but these are written that you might what? Believe Believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you might have life through his name. Mark 16 shows us it was not just Thomas. Mark 16 and 9. 16 and 9. We shouldn't say negative things about Thomas. He wasn't the only one. 
at all. 16.9, when Jesus was risen early the first day of the week, he appeared first to Mary Magdalene, out of whom he cast seven devils. And she went and told them that had been with him as they mourned and wept. They're grieving and mourning because he's dead. And Mary runs in there and says, he ain't dead. I just saw him. I just talked to him. And uh, verse 11, and they shouted and they praised God. (laughs) They, when they heard that he was alive and had been seen of her, what'd they do? Who believed not? The disciples who have heard faith for years. Right? What'd they do? They didn't believe it. After that, he appeared in another form to two of them as they walked and went through the country. And they went and told it to the residue. And what? Maybe there's something to this. We got multiple people seeing him. No. They said, we don't believe it. We don't believe it. Not like he never talked about it when he was with them. Did he ever bring up what was going to happen the third day? And Yes, he did. But they're shaking their heads going, uh-uh, he's dead. We saw him. He died. They put him in the tomb. It's so sad. They cried some more. Afterward, he appeared to the eleven. Now, the, on this day, there are the eleven unbelievers. true or not they who does they mean they they didn't believe them said twice they not just him he appeared to the eleven as they sat at the table supper time and they look up and boy Jesus is there right there boom and and Jesus said what what did he say What did he say? Verse 14. What did Jesus say to him? I'm alive, guys. Isn't it great? I don't blame you for not believing this because it is (laughs) far-fetched. What did Jesus say to him? He upbraided them. What's an upbraid? You ever been upbraided? If you have, you, you won't have to wonder about it. You'd know. You've been upbraided? <laughs> he upbraided them with their what? Their unbelief and their hardness of heart. Why? Because they believed not them which had seen him after he was risen. What's the first thing he told them? They looked up and they got half a piece of cornbread in their mouth and they went, <laughs> It's Jesus. And it wasn't like, wow, isn't it great? I'm raised from the dead. He says, what is your problem? Uh Why in the world would you not believe them when they told you they saw me? Why? Why wouldn't you believe? Has this not been a recurring theme all through Jesus' life and ministry? Every town he went to, even his own closest associates. What was the constant problem? Doubting, fearing, choosing not to believe. Right? When did that change? So there's no longer a problem in modern generations. What we must do is stop scratching our heads wondering why it didn't work. We must stop 
acting confounded. Why this hadn't happened? Why that hadn't happened? What was the answer back then? Unbelief. Why would it be thought so bizarre that that would be the same answer today? Romans 3. Personally, I'm, I'm weary of hearing people say faith doesn't work. And wanting to argue about these things. There's upheaval in some parts of the body of Christ today. And people are, are going away from faith principles and looking for something else. And claiming faith didn't work. Nothing could be further from the truth. What's the reality? They weren't in faith. They weren't in faith. They called it faith. Other people thought it was faith. But it wasn't faith. And they're like there's this great mystery as to why these things didn't happen or this or that didn't happen. But it's not. It's just simply unbelief. We live in a dark world. It's easy to slip into unbelief. Even people that live with Jesus. Is that right? And heard him continuously. They slipped into unbelief and doubt. But I like this scripture and what it says about this. Romans 3 and 3. He says, what if some did not believe? Shall their unbelief make the faith of God without effect? What's the answer? King James says, God forbid. Trying to express the strong phrase in the Greek. Basically, it means no way, no how. Let me read this from another translation. If some have no faith, the basic English says, will that make the faith of God without effect? Just because this person doesn't have faith and it didn't work for him, does that mean God's faith doesn't work? Complete English. It is true that some did not believe the message. But does this mean that God cannot be trusted just because they did not have faith? Get this settled in your spirit, friend. God is faithful. He never fails. His word never fails. Faith in his word never fails. Faith in him never fails. Never. Never has. Never will. So what about failures? That's people failing. That's people failing to believe. Failing to obey. Failing to hear from him. Because of their unbelief. Was the answer Jesus gave them. Over and over and over. Little faith. No faith. Unbelief. Why did you doubt? Should we come up with something else? Or just stay with the scriptures? Now one thing we need to to do is let the Lord adjust our concept in our view of all this. In Philippians 3, closing I think. Philippians 3 and 12. Not as though I had already attained, either were already perfect, but I follow after if that I may apprehend that for which also I am apprehended of Christ Jesus. King James, not the easiest to grasp. Do you think so? 
13. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended. But this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth into those things which are before. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. The word apprehend here, the Greek words there, means to lay hold. To lay hold, to possess. And this is faith. Timothy says, fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life. Remember some weeks ago we talked about, is it let go and let God? Or is it lay hold and hold fast? See, some are advocating, and it's no new doctrine. It's been around for generations. It's all up to God. He's already done everything. It's all by his grace and it's only grace. And he's already done everything and will do everything. That's not true. He has, through Jesus, bought and paid for our full redemption and our healing and our deliverance and blessed us with every blessing in heavenly places, everything that pertains unto life and godliness. But here's what he hasn't done. He hasn't received it for us. Come on, are you with me? And he won't receive it for us. He's not going to. And we have an enemy down here who's arrayed against us to prevent us from laying hold of what's been given to us. And God won't resist the devil for us either. So he has bought and paid for everything and given it to us, but he hasn't done everything when you start talking about our part. And how do you resist the devil? Faith. How do you receive and lay hold of what God has given? Faith. 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 Oh, somebody say faith. Faith. But then there's this thing that has developed. It's of the enemy. It's developed in faith churches and word churches. A pride about faith. And anytime you have that, you're going to have a shame when there's not results. We've got people, right and left, that are embarrassed, they're ashamed because they don't already have this or they haven't already experienced victory and overcome in this area or that. And so people have felt burdened under these, what they assume is other people's expectations. I've had people that I've known, people in our churches and our ministry and partners, that the Lord used us to help. And they said, well, Brother Keith, I didn't want you to know about that. I, I just, I was embarrassed and I was ashamed about it. I, I just thought maybe, you know, you would expect that I was, had more faith than that. And they couldn't be more wrong. I said they couldn't be more wrong. If we're going to talk about somebody who should have more faith, I'm right on top of the list. We're in the same boat. Is that right? Could you have more faith? Absolutely. Could I? Absolutely. But what we must get a hold of 
is that we don't have to have all of our results showing to please God. Because what does he look at? He's not looking at how much money you get in the bank. He's not looking that your body doesn't have any symptoms in it. What's he looking at? He's looking at your heart. And what is it that pleases him? Faith. And as long as you won't quit and you're believing him and you're trusting him the best you know how, he's pleased with that faith. He accepts your heart right where you are right now. All of us. Didn't the scripture say all of us have sinned and what? Come short of the glory of God. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. What's Paul saying right here by the Spirit of God? I'm going to read this to you from another translation. The Weist translation says it like this. Well, let, let me read the Young's literal first. He said, not that I did already obtain or have already been perfected, but I pursue, if also I may lay hold of that for which also I was laid hold of by the Christ Jesus. The Weiss translation says it like this, not that I already made acquisition or that I have now already been brought to that place of absolute spiritual maturity, beyond which there's no progress, but I am pursuing onward if I may lay hold of that for which I've been laid hold of by Christ Jesus. How are you going to lay hold? How are you going to lay hold? By faith. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold. I'm not counting myself as one who has in an absolutely and complete way laid hold of that for which I've been laid hold of. But one thing I'm doing In fact, I'm forgetting completely the things that are behind and stretching forth to the things which are in front, bearing down upon the goal I'm pursuing on for the prize of the call from above of God in Christ Jesus. What's Paul saying? I haven't received it all. I haven't laid hold of everything that the Lord got for me. Are we supposed to feel ashamed? And embarrassed? Because no. we hadn't laid hold of all of it? No. Well, then he would feel ashamed and embarrassed too. Please listen with your spirit. This feeling of embarrassment, this feeling of being less and, and being ashamed and, and trying to hide is not from God and it's not from the real people of God, it's from the enemy. He's a condemner. He's an accuser. And what he wants to try to do is discourage us to the point where we quit endeavoring to believe. I haven't received everything God has for me. And you haven't received everything God has for you. And we've come short. I said we've come short on some things. There's been some things we could have already had, but We wavered on. We got weak in our faith. We got scared. Not just a couple of us. All of us have come short of the glory of God. And we shouldn't just be floored. And we shouldn't be defeated when somebody comes short of all that God has given us. 
Right? We should just gird up our loins and go, come on, batter up. I mean, throw it again. Is that right? Huh? Or are y'all hearing this with your heart? Believe with me. This is something that's been on my heart for years now. Believe with me that all of Faith Life Church and all of our partners and everybody that will be affected by this ministry will get this and get free. I said get free from this hiding and covering and being embarrassed and being ashamed because I've been standing for X amount of time and I hadn't got that yet. Well, you and everybody else. But it doesn't mean faith doesn't work. And it doesn't mean God's not good. And it doesn't mean we can't have it still. Is that right? What are we going to do? We're going to get more word. We're going to stir up. We're going to draw closer to him. Is that right? And we're going to press on in. What did he say? Forgetting. Forgetting all the stuff behind. Well, I tried to stand with them and they didn't make it. Well, are they in heaven? Yeah. Well, shout. Shout about it. (laughs) Well, we didn't make it in this. We didn't make it in that. Well, it wasn't God's fault. It didn't prove it wasn't God's will for you to have a victory. We just came short in our faith. Like the disciples who lived with him for years. Not making excuses. Not saying we want to stay there. But at the same time, you don't crawl in a hole and go, man, they all got so much faith and, and I'm struggling and I'm not having anything and they can't even relate to me. That's the devil lying to you, Amen. trying to separate you from the very thing you need so much. You need to rub shoulders with other people that have faith. It inspires you. You still have to choose to walk in it yourself, but it, it, it's a lot better than hanging around naysayers and doubters, fault finders, unbelievers. Can you say amen? amen? Stand on your feet, everybody. Oh, lift up your hands. Reach out by faith to the Lord. He loves you. He's not upset with you because you stumbled trying to believe him. He's not mad at you, ready to cut you off because you came short. Just close your eyes. Close your eyes and focus on him. He refers to us, even the eldest spiritually among us, as his little children. <laughs> How could you be mad at a two-year-old that stumbled, three-year-old stumbled, trying to, trying to walk, trying to do things? You're glad that they're trying. You enjoy seeing their progress. You're not mad and upset because they're not doing it perfectly yet. Open your heart. Let him love you. Let him comfort you. And in response, tell him, I'm not going to quit. I'm not going to quit. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries 
and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.